Hello, everybody. Today is February 4th, and we are back for another episode of the Kenesha's College Atlantic Hockey Frozen Podcast. My name is Vinny Cristiano in studio with John Scusa and Jay Ashdown. Today, we're going to talk about some changes in the top 20 rankings. We're going to talk about how Canisius can fin- finish 8th in the Atlantic Hockey Conference, and we're going to go over some game rank caps from the past weekend. So, for the next episode of the Canisius College Frozen Podcast, let's go. doing we doing we are doing great how are you doing i'm doing great i'm doing pretty well that's great i'm glad you're great and i'm pretty glad that you're doing pretty well we got to talk about some college hockey yeah we do yes that that is why we're here that is indeed uh what is happening and so where we can you know just kind of start right off with some games that happened we have some recaps we do have some recaps are we did we have the do we are we going to talk about the bean pot or not really is it in here or no? Not really. Okay. Well, I wanted to save it for next week. That's fair. I, yeah, let that's, it finish up. Let it so. finish up. That's fine. I just didn't know if you wanted to split yeah. it. Whatever. That's, you know, you're the prepared one. I'm, you know, I'm just reading the words <laughs> for now until it's your turn. To read I think we should uh, alternate and go on some uh, game recaps. Okay. That's a good call, Jay. Thank you. So, number 20, Sacred Heart from Atlantic Hockey. Having a great season, by the way. Yes. Having a great season. Uh, on Friday, they beat a- Air Force in overtime, five to four. And on Saturday, they beat. They also scored five goals again, beating Air Force five to two. That one obviously not in overtime. In case you didn't know how hockey worked, the Pioneers extended their road win streak to 12 games. Impressive, with their weekend sweep over Air Force. Senior Austin McElmurray was pivotal for the Pioneers in this series, scoring four goals and getting one assist on the weekend, which included a hat trick in Friday's game. Yeah, he was incredible in that game. Also impressive. And they were able to get all three points in that first game. Which... That's huge. As we talked about, Air Force was... A, we, we talked last week about their strength of schedule and how hard it was going to be for them to get back up in front of... Well, not get back in front of AIC, but hold off AIC to keep the top spot. AIC has a significantly easier schedule than Secret Heart does. And we had pegged Air Force as one of the tougher matchups that Sacred Heart has, and they and took they took all six, six points. So. And now AIC did sweep Mercyhurst, which we'll get into later. We, yeah, we, so you, they're, yeah, they're still in the same exact position, but getting past that first leg of it, and now that uh, AIC is going to have a tougher time because Mercyhurst is the easiest team in this conference, so right. any other team is going to be a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. It's going to the weight of it's starting to shift a little bit. Right, you're absolutely right. Speak of the devil, Indeed. AIC. Yeah, AIC beat Mercyhurst four to three on Friday. Mercyhurst gave just about everything they had in that game, but I think it just kind of shows the level that they're playing at, and just how good AIC is. That it still wasn't enough. And then on Saturday, things went a lot smoother for AIC. They won seven to four. Joel Kosher had uh, two goals and two assists in the weekend for four points. Jared Pike had a goal and three assists for four points. Austin Long also had four points on a goal and three assists. So some offensive performances from three guys right there for AIC that kind of uh, drove, got got that engine uh, revved up for the weekend against Mercyhurst and, and a huge six points for uh, the Yellow Jackets moving forward. Yeah, so that 
so and as we mentioned, those are the top two teams of conference. They that nothing changes there no. now, and and does, so an AIC and still it has a game in hand. Doesn't seem like any team is going to be able to catch either of those teams. Oh, I, yeah, at I the seriously top doubt of the it. And yes, AIC still does have, have the game in hand. hand. Okay, There's that's still what that I thought. Makeup game to come though. Or that one game between those two. No, they play. Yeah. Tw- do they play? Oh yeah, yeah. do they, they play have, twice? They have three games against each other. There's that one standalone game, and then there's uh, the, a series. Between I thought the it was two. just two. I thought it was just two, it was just standalone two games. No, I thought it was three. No, it's uh, definitely two because yeah. we talked about them splitting it. Yeah, because well, last oh, week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Idiot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, that's it. You're off the podcast. No more words for you, John. Fine. I'm just kidding. You can talk about Kanisha's and Army. Army. Okay, so I guess we're just gonna skip over RIT and Holy Cross. Man. Oh, I'm just kidding. I, well, I, I I just wanted to let him talk about our our school, but he can he can do the whatever one well, he wants I, to do. I think he can do Kinesis and Army, but stay on schedule here, Vinny. Sorry, God, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, I'm off the podcast. Done, now. James. Done. No more words for me. All right, so welcome back to the Jay Ashton Atlantic Hockey <laughs> Podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you you can get into Kinesis. I'll just uh, all right. RIT and Holy Cross. Just a split between those two. Uh, Elijah Gonzalez had two goals and two assists on the weekend. He's a freshman, and he has been very, very good for the Tigers at times. He's really hot lately. Had a big weekend against Canisius and uh, their sweep against them. Uh, Pete Kessel had two goals. Neil Robinson had a goal and assist. So both those guys had two points on the weekend for Holy Cross. Uh, Holy Cross won the first game on Friday, 4-3. to three. RIT got the revenge on Saturday with a 4-2 to two win, so a big split between those two teams. All right, and uh, Canisius got a, I would, what I would say, a big split against Army this weekend with a uh, 3-2 win in overtime, stealing three points from Army, and then Saturday losing 4-2. to two. Uh, On Friday, Nick Hutchinson chipped in a ga- the game-winning goal with 26 seconds left in the third period to steal those three points for the Griffs. The other two goals were potter, uh, potted by Keaton. How, the, how do you say that? Keaton Mastrodonato. 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 Yeah. And Matt Hoover. Uh, Hoover has played a uh, has played a big factor in all three goal or played a factor in all three goals for the Griffs. On Saturday, Colin Bleak one timed two pucks past uh, Barshevsky in the second period, and Mason Kruger and Bre- Brendan. Susie. Susie also contributed <laughs> a goal for Army in their win over Canisius. Yeah. Look, it's a, I don't think either teams are going to complain about that kind of a result. I mean, you get a split, you get three more points in the standings. Uh, it was about as close of a series as you're going to get. No, I, I don't. Uh, the only thing I could see, I mean, I, I don't necessarily see, yeah, Army probably, I'd assume that, you know, you're not going to say that you can't catch Sacred Heart or AIC, but I think you pretty much know that it would be, very, very difficult <coughs> to yeah. catch Sacred Heart and AIC. You're going to have to hold for both of those teams getting swept at yes. one point. Yeah. And, and you're going to have to get a sweep. That catches you up. And even then, uh, AIC still got a game of hand on you, right. like we said. Yeah. So that, that's where that's where that game of hand comes uh, really, really handy to them. It does come in handy. Especially, it gives you a little bit of freedom. Yeah, it really does. I would also like to make the point that RIT, can, um, are, they were hot for a while. They're ten seven and three. Army's twelve eight and two now. Are so Army still has um, a little bit of a jump on them. The only thing I could, the only reason I could see Army obviously losing in overtime. You know you were that close, but you you can't. You know you didn't get the chance to pull it off. I would be um, a little more 
I guess the only reason they would be disappointed is not being able to pull away from RIT more because they do want to lock up that. I'd imagine they would want that number likely three want spot, that number yeah. three spot locked up. So I still think Army has the better chance, the one, maybe the best chance to to knock off AIC or Sacred Heart in the, what would end up being either the semifinal or the title game. <clears throat> Just yes. Because yeah. The goaltending from Trevin Kozlowski is consistent. Yes. And I, I still teams. I still don't think that AIC and Sacred Heart are going to play in the title game to, against each other. Right. Yes. So I. That, it's hard to see a one and a two in any conference. Right. Play exactly. So I you know that but but again Army you know they they'd probably especially against a team like Canisius they probably were looking it doesn't it doesn't matter but like you said it's hard for, I'd imagine they're probably not disappointed but RIT is. Not that far behind, so they probably want to pull away a little bit more just to give themselves some comfort. Right. Either way, um, three points apiece last weekend. Now, jumping downward a little bit in the standings, Bentley is fifth. They're trying to catch RIT for the fourth spot. They both have ten wins, um, and Niagara is tied with Canisius right now. <coughs> towards the bottom of the conference with six wins. They are both 6-10-4 and four in conference play right now. So um, each team trying to leapfrog the team in front of them. On Friday, Bentley won 3-2 in overtime, and on Saturday, Bentley won 4-2 in regulation to take most of the points that weekend. They got a pair of home wins against Niagara, which is important. They fought to a 3-2 overtime victory on Friday, which I just mentioned, and they fought off a late Purple Eagle rally on Saturday to win 4-2. Senior Jonathan Dabian scored a power play goal minute and nine seconds into the first overtime to give Bentley a 3-2 victory over Niagara on Friday night at Bentley Arena for its third straight win, which again gives them six points on the weekend, uh, you know, once they won the day after that. Junior Luke Santerno scored two goals on the night of his 100th career game to help Bentley beat Niagara 4-2 on Saturday to complete the series sweep. Freshman Matt Gazuski with one goal and three assists, had a four-point weekend for the Falcons. Jack Billings with one goal and one assist. Ryan Namoski with a goal and assist. And Brandon Stanley with two assists all had two-point weekends for Niagara. And that series and Niagara not getting a point in that overtime loss on Friday helped Canisius uh, to maintain their position. Exactly, because they didn't get a single point. Exactly. Here, I want to bring up something real quick. Bentley has gone very, very much under the radar after their slow start to the season. They did have a slow start, yeah. So here's what I've been noticing. Since November 29th, okay, I'm going to read off their results, okay? In conference, they had that weekend. They swept Holy Cross. The next weekend, they split with Army. Then they had you know a game against Dartmouth that they tied. Then they uh, split with Sacred Heart. Then they had another game against Northeastern. They uh, got two points against Canisius. Remember, they, they lost in the shootout, and then they lost in three on three overtime. So yes. Th- Technically, they lost both games, but really, they went down as ties. Um, then they got swept by AIC, but AIC's at the top of the conference. Right. They sweep Mercyhurst, and now they sweep Niagara. They have been very under the radar as far as their success well, in they the were... last couple of months because they started off so poorly that we started to overlook them. 
and at now one point, I feel they were like in ninth. I think <coughs> they were they at were, ninth at one point. They were now down fit. towards the bottom. Yeah. Is it possible that this team that we saw become the hottest team in college hockey last year in the second half of the season? Oh, absolutely. Could they go on some kind of a run? I thought they would have last year because of how hot they were. I mean, right. they, they came in off the new year and they had won eight, or they'd been unbeaten in eight straight games with yeah. like six wins in mm-hmm. that time period. They did. So, and that <coughs> was with our, the old point system where you got less points for wins and, and ties and overtime. You know, right. the, the system was different. I wouldn't be <coughs> shocked to see them do it again, but I just. With AIC being as strong as they are, I, I don't see them really making that deep of a run. If they right, – I, I, I'm going to predict – I don't know what I – I don't I remember what I said last week. But I would predict Bentley passes RIT for that fourth spot. And I guess – I think I predicted RIT to finish sixth, now, actually. Now, here's one thing that you have to keep in mind. Uh, Bentley is at 32 points in that fifth spot. However, they play 23 conference games, which is the most – yeah, of any team in the conference. They're 10, 11, and 2. So Robert Morris is one point behind them. They have three games at hand. RIT is two points ahead of them. They have three games at hand. So I'd imagine that Bentley is not going to be able to pass RIT. I'd imagine Robert Morris would be able to pass Bentley. But then you get into could Air Force, who has only one game at hand, and they're one point behind them, could they get ahead of them? I don't think Holy Cross is going to get ahead of him. So Bentley, more than likely, is not going to have a bye. But they're going to still finish probably in that 6-7 area. And well, if you get right, a win so against a team like a Niagara or a Mercyhurst, does that give you momentum going into it? Because yeah. they, they had a bye last they year. They did have a bye last year, yeah. And they didn't go deep. No. And we saw that we, – we've seen at times that teams that have the – opportunity to play even just a weak opponent in the first round, just getting your legs under you, playing a series, and going in with some confidence can really go a long way. We saw Niagara do that last year against Canisius. Okay, you're right. I would like to point out, so so Bentley has five conference games left. They play Army on Friday at home. Mm -hmm. Then they play Saturday at home against Arizona State, which isn't on a conference game, so that doesn't matter. No, it's just... Just, you know, just a game. Then they are at RIT next weekend. Yes. If they sweep RIT, they yes. could absolutely leapfrog them. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. And then they play Holy Cross twice the weekend after that. Ben, I could If Bentley stays hot, if they beat Army, sweep RIT, and then if they even split with Holy <laughs> Cross, I could see them. This is a tall, it's a tall task, though. Especially because Robert Morris it hasn't been quite as hot as Bentley has. Yeah, it's a, it's a tall right. task, but you yeah. just talked about how hot they've been. Yes, so, I'm, I'm just bringing up the point of going into the tournament. Like I, I'd imagine that yeah. they're probably not going to have a bye. So if you have the advantage of at least playing a Mercyhurst or a Niagara or Canisius, if yeah. you get by them, how much of an advantage does that give you? Yeah. I, yeah, that's yeah. That would and that depends. I think t- on a team to team basis, how much of you know. I, Ni- Niagara was a huge advantage for them last year, mm-hmm. but for other teams, it might not be. So I so that's you know you could use that, especially if you have you know I don't know how prevalent injuries really have been in Atlantic hockey this year or college hockey in general. There's you know if you have some guys who are banged up, you know it, it might be more helpful to rest. But right. if you have, you know, especially if you have a hot goalie, 
like Army or you know Kozlowski, he's just he's just consistent. So if you give him a little bit of rest, does he get out of rhythm or, or something like that? But mm-hmm. obviously Army's going to get a bye, so it doesn't. Really I know matter. Aiden Polino has struggled for most of the season, but he's been better lately. Uh, injury has uh, it, it bites every team, but it hasn't bitten Bentley that badly. You still right. have Yakov Novak for most of this year. You still have Jonathan Davian for most of this year. So those two have been over a point per game player uh, this entire season. So you still got that uh, top line firepower carrying the offense. So as long as those two stay healthy, uh, I'd say the injury hasn't really affected them too much. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you, uh, I, I could see. I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know. I'll make the prediction that Bentley's going to do it, and if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But that's what that's what um, that's what we're looking at. So Robert Morris, the team right behind them, played Arizona State, who is about to play Bentley mm-hmm. next weekend. They played a lot of uh, Atlantic hockey teams this year. Yeah, they have. Oh, Arizona, Arizona State. State has. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You think they're going to move to the Atlantic hockey division from Arizona? Well, I mean, we have a team in Colorado. Colorado. So yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's true. That does confuse me. That confuses me almost as much as not calling a timeout when the team is going to punt it to you with a minute and a half left to go in the first half of the Super Bowl. But again, I'm not going to complain because I won $500. So I, you know, did I tell you that yesterday or no? You did. Yeah, yeah. When that happened, and then they took the shot downfield, and I was like, ooh. And then there was a flag, and I was like, what's the? F- flag for opi oh like, yes awesome offensive pass interference i was like that's a terrible call but i just won three hundred dollars so that's fantastic and then i got another two for the third quarter which was awesome yeah so um arizona they played some hockey and they played against robert morris do i mean just read it i, I didn't i just I, mean, I don't know if we can yeah you're enjoying some chicken wing dip so excuse you want to read about uh number 14 arizona state Sure. So, uh, Arizona State um, had a big weekend. They beat Robert Morris 3-2 on Friday, and then they beat them 5-4. Close games. On Saturday. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's a good weekend for both squads because uh, if you're Robert Morris, you get to look at it and say, well, we were close. We were in close games. We made a couple blade pushes to push them to one-goal games at the end. We're happy with how we played. And if you're Arizona State – you get two more wins in the books, and they did move up from number 14 in the nation all the way up to number 11. So that's big for their program. Mm-hmm. So it was a good weekend for both sides. Good trade for both sides. I was hoping you were going to say that. The trade, <laughs> hey, the trade trade deadline's in what, a month? Not even? Yeah. We haven't talked about a lot of trades on that podcast, you know that? Well, because there haven't really been exactly. that many Exactly. Like, really it's been a very trades. dry season as no. far as that's concerned. I don't even think we did. We, well, we had the the over-winter break. There was a, a couple trades, like the Froelich trade for the Sabres, which you probably could have touched on, but, like, it's also. Like, yeah, but it's like a bunch of sucky trades. Yeah, like, they're not really that exciting. It's been the year of uh, coaches getting fired. That's Exactly. Like, that is, yeah, that's what is, this year in the NHL Coaches getting back. fired. <laughs> Peter Laviolette for John Hines, not a good trade for both sides. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm excited at the trade deadline for a team to trade their coach. That's going to be Stop. really great. That episode irked me so much. I, I you were very irked yes. by that episode. I'm gonna go on. Record. I was gonna kill Duke. I'm gonna go on record saying that that episode was bonkers. No, it, not in a good way. That, Why? That what happened that episode? That episode, Duke kept. Okay, we're we're just going on a tangent here about yeah, another yeah, podcast okay. we're on, but Duke kept saying the team should try and trade their coach. And I said, that's the dumbest thing ever because if you're going to fire your coach, your coach has no value, so nobody's going to want to trade for them. 
That's why it doesn't happen. And if you're going to trade your coach, it's going to happen in an offseason and not in November. So Does that make any sense? That makes no sense. Um, there's been one coaching trade in the NHL? Yeah. Yeah. And it happened in, like, what, the uh, 70s or 80s? Maybe two. There might have been two. No, I'm pretty was, sure you said one. No, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. There's been quite a few in the NFL. Yes. Wasn't it uh, Vignon for uh, Tortorella? Didn't they swap? With the but that wasn't a trade. It's not a it was, trade. That wasn't a trade. No. <laughs> See, like in the NFL, that's happened. Like when Belichick went from the Jets to the Patriots. Yeah, right. He, they like counted that as a trade, so they had to give him like a first round pick or a fourth round pick or something. But in the NA, yeah. the NHL, they were just like, we'll just swap coaches. Doesn't really matter. Fired, yeah. fired, hired, hired. Yeah. No big yeah. deal. But yeah, they. I looked it up, and I was, I was spewing stats as they were having this argument. I had fun listening and watching them because I was sitting there and. Uh-huh. They were and Duke was here and I was oh, and Jay was there, and it was geez. a that was one of the, the funnier episodes to edit for me. That was cool. A lot of swearing to edit out. Not really, but no. it was just a lot of like loud noises that I had. I to don't back swear. Down I'm a, a good Christian bit. man. You I know are my, good. I know my mother listens, so yeah. I went to church this past Sunday. Good for you, Jay. You're welcome. And I also did that. Amen. Win, even though they lost, I didn't pray. Forty Niners. I have to say, I, I did pray though. I was rooting for, for uh, Andy Reid more than I was rooting for the 49ers. I, w- I was happy for Andy Reid. You know who else I was happy for? Nick Perkusic. He had two goals and one assist this weekend, and Jacob Coleman had three assists. So both of them had pretty good offensive performances that this is weekend great. for Robert Morris. Yeah. And they had a pretty good weekend despite not getting a win. Yeah. Then I, I, that, you know, <coughs> you keep. Now, I don't know. Did Cabin Master play both games? I would assume. Yes. Or, okay. I Probably. believe. So, you know, I mean, you let in, you hold a ranked team to three goals and then five, you know, that's, I mean, well, five. Is five. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm But, but you, you, I was like, you scored you, four goals right, on the road. Right, exactly. Against. That's what you have yeah, on the road. But yeah, like you hold the ranked team to three goals and you score two. Nice. You let them score five, but you score four. Okay. Like, you know, I, not really a terrible weekend, and I mean it doesn't affect you in the standing, so it's just no. a, it's more victories, right? Exactly, and then and Robert Morris was close to being ranked at one point too. So, mm-hmm. but really, you know, how much of a difference is there really between you know number fourteen and number twenty? I mean, there's I a, mean, it's a pretty big difference if you're talking about pairwise standings and trying to get into the tournament. That well, right? Yeah, but I just mean like <laughs> talent differential. Like, I understand yeah, pair-wise standings. You, you'd say there's a big difference? I'd say there's a big difference between the talent level of uh, Arizona, Arizona State, State and Sacred Heart. And, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I I just mean, like, um, you know, like maybe you go into that game and the coach says, look, these guys aren't that different from people in our conference, so not re- really shouldn't uh, be too, too starstruck by them, which I'm sure they're not. But No, but Arizona State's not a team you want to screw around with. You're right. Yeah, they, yeah. because – they they are pretty good. Oh yeah, they were number one at a certain point in the season. I mean, Arizona State was not number one. Were they not? No, they wow. they never cracked the top ten. Are you sure? Yes. Hmm. They started the season unranked after a good season last year, and then they've just continually worked their way up. This is the closest they've come to the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Tough scene. Uh, anyway, Arizona State is number one in innovation. Oh, that's right. That's where I got that from. Is Liv okay. Cowherd tweeted so, something about oh, being yeah. number one? All right. So, All right, I so was, innovation that excites yeah. Nissan. Uh, so we'll do a rankings update for the top twenty. 
since yeah, we're talking well. about the top 20. Sacred Heart is at 20. Um, Michigan State is 19. Bemidji State is 18. Harvard is 17. Quinnipiac at 16. Northern Michigan is at 15. By the way, we do have something to talk about with Northern we Michigan. We do have something to talk uh, about They Northern do Michigan. have the leader in the nation in goals per game. No, uh, is it? I think it's just goals. I don't know. Is it goals per game and goals or just goals? Goals per game and goals. Okay. Yeah. He's got 20 goals in 27 games, I believe. Which is insane. Oh, no, it is 27. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, UMass Lowell is 14. Ohio State's 13. Northeastern's 12. As we previously mentioned, Arizona State is 11. So in the top 10, 10 you got Providence, 9 you got Penn State, 8 is UMass, 7 is Denver. They took quite the fall this weekend. Yeah, they did. Uh, quite the rise for uh, Minnesota Duluth, who's won the last two national champions. Uh, moved up from 10 to 6. Clarkson bumped up to 5. Boston College up to 4. Minnesota State stays at 3. And then in the top two, Cornell moves down to two. North Dakota regains the number one spot in the nation. Other teams not uh, not getting in the top 20 but receiving votes. Maine had 52 votes. Bowling Green had 27. Minnesota had 22. Notre Dame had 20. Notre Dame also, pretty big fall from grace. They were up in the top five at one point. Western Michigan had 19. BU, 5. Michigan Tech, 4. New Hampshire, 4. Dartmouth, 4. Michigan, 2. Omaha, 2. And AIC, the only other Atlantic hockey team with votes, also receiving two votes. It, since you mentioned it, Northern Michigan at number 15. They're 16, 8, and 4. They moved nowhere. They were 15 last week as well. One interesting thing about the Northern Michigan hockey team, they have, as we mentioned, the leading goal scorer in the NCAA. Griffin Lauren is from Orchard Park, and which is about 25 minutes, maybe 30, south of Canisius, depending on... Don't ask me about Buffalo locations. Yeah, I, yeah don't I, ask I, me I'm either. not from here. I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I figured that that was going nowhere with you guys, but uh, not very far. I know where Orchard, Orchard know Park where is. Orchard Park is pretty is, much but. Buffalo, just... I mean, that's where the Bills play, so that's like Buffalo's, like, step city or something, because it's uh, not really in downtown or a suburb of it, but it is definitely in the western New York area. He grew up, grew up there, and I meant to pull up his uh, his bio. Yeah, but I, I knew I forgot to pull up a tab. There's his elite elite prospects page. So he, oh, now it's gonna yell at me about my ad blocker. All right, smooth with Jay. Good thing you had this pulled up ahead of time, Vincent. I was, uh, well, now it's, now there's ads all over the place. It's Darnell Nurse's birthday today. Well, that's good for him. Happy that was, birthday, that Darnell. was one of the ads that yeah. came up. Hurt in a car, call William Attar. Wow. Who, wait, who paid money to, like, inform people <laughs> that it was Darnell Nurse's birthday? <laughs> it, like, it just, well, it, all right, so I think what's happening is it wasn't an ad. But it's on the screen, and there was an ad that was that got like put in the spot where that was supposed to be. So it like glitched to the middle of my page, and then glitched back to the left. So I, it looked like an ad, but it probably wasn't an ad. So Griffin Lauren played for the Buffalo Regals AAA hockey team. Then he was on the Junior Sabers for what looks to be two or three seasons. Uh, it looks like two seasons, but he switched. He switched leagues, possibly, for one of those seasons. 
he had 114 points in 74 games for the Junior Series 18U Midget team, which is pretty good. Trash. Um, he had 52 points in 32 games for them. Then he was uh, in the USHL, US, USHL for the Youngstown Phantoms, then the Corpus Christi Ice Rays. He then played, that was for the NAHL. Then he was on Fargo Force. He had 42 points in 50 games in the USHL. Now he's at Northern Michigan. He's got he had 18 points in 35 games last season. This season he has 34 points in 27 games, which is impressive. That's a very good resume. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. So this kid's always he's, been a goal he's scorer. He's the real deal. Yeah. He and that's <laughs> and that you know his whole his whole career he's had almost as many goals <coughs> as games played or, or at least points i mean he's been he has only been a, for all the way through playing juniors he was a point at least a point per game player then he was then when he was in the ushl he wasn't quite as a, a point per game player but he was very close like i said 42 points in 50 games last year with northern michigan played 35 had 18 points only but you know, now he's got another year in college, and he's one of the best scorers in Latin, the uh, NCAA. So good for him, and you know, being from Buffalo, it's kind of neat to talk about guys like that. Absolutely, Buffalo is a good hockey city. So yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how many good hockey players come out of Buffalo or play yeah. hockey in Buffalo, or just any part of Western New right, York. Right, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so speaking of Western New York and Buffalo, Buffalo's college hockey team. Mm-hmm. One discussion we're going to have here today is Canisius right now, if you look at the standings, has 25 points in 20 games. That's ninth. Niagara has 24 points in 20 games. It's just 10th. Mercyhurst is completely out of the equation. They basically locked up the last spot. (laughs) Good for them. They they locked up the first overall pick. Boom. (coughs) So Holy Cross is 8th with 29 points in 22 games. So both Niagara and Canisius have... Two games at hand on Holy Cross, but Canisius is only four points away compared to Niagara being five points away. How can Canisius finish eighth? So I've done some research. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and explain this. So here is Holy Cross's remaining schedule. So like like we said, uh, Bentley's coming up to play uh, Arizona State soon. Well, guess what? So is Holy Cross because every team in the Atlantic Hockey Conference except for Seemingly, Canisius is going to play Arizona State. Which is a good thing, because I don't know why they get their butts kicked by Arizona State. Or they could just beat another ranked team and then do nothing after. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so. So after that, here are the three remaining series for Holy Cross. A home series against Robert Morris. Okay. A road series at AIC. That's going to be a very tough series. And then a home-and-home against Bentley. That's tough. That's very tough. So they play the sixth, first, and fifth teams in the conference to finish the season. Now, here's what Canisius has. A two-game series at home against Air Force. A two-game series at home against AIC. And a home-and-home against Robert Morris. Now, I left that one series for a specific reason. We'll get into that in a second. So we play number seven, number one, and a home-and-home against number six. The difference is our 
Series against AIC is at home. So five of these next six games are home games for Canisius. Two yeah. against Air Force, two against AIC, uh, one against Robert Morris. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They need to find a way. We, we're looking at these next three series. What Canisius needs to do is they need to match or get more points than Holy Cross and Niagara. That keeps them on par with Holy Cross and Niagara and puts them in a position their last series is two-game road series at Mercyhurst. That's where you have to make up your points. Mm-hmm. And if you, can fi- if you can find a way, if you're Canisius, to make sure that going into the last weekend you're just three points away or two points away, yeah. you're golden. Yeah. That's how you get the eighth spot. So you didn't talk about Niagara's schedule. I didn't. Uh, we can we can pull that up real so quick if you want to take a look at that. They are they have a home and home against Mercyhurst, so they're pretty much in the opposite situation where they're going to get some points now. now yes, mm-hmm. and then they got to try and hold. They're going to have to hold on. They're yeah. I'm assu- They're hoping for six points against Mercyhurst. Hey, if they don't get six points against Mercyhurst, I, I'm not saying that you should count them out for the eighth spot, yeah. but that is that's a massive detriment to yes, their chances because. Then they play Sacred Heart at Sacred Heart, you know. Yeah. Although in an empty arena. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, although, like we said, yeah. Sacred Heart is not great at home. That's true. Although recently they did win the Connecticut Ice Tournament, which was played at their home arena, so yeah. they have them a little bit better at home. But yeah. still. Our, then they have a home and home against RIT, and mm-hmm. then they're home against Robert Morris. So no team in there. So there's only one game against Sacred Heart, right? No, two. It two. It's okay. It's so, two games at Sacred Heart. So you've got and they're the both number two games. team. Why are they both matinee games? Oh, it's Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a two-game series against the number two team in the conference. It's also the number 20 team in the nation. You've got a home-and-home home against RIT who... I feel that they could find a way to split that. I would I would tend to agree, especially because I've been making the argument that RIT has been losing power over the past several games. They've, they've lost their legs a little bit, but I, I still don't want to count them out in anything. Cause, uh, and then they, you said that they have Robert Morris. Who, Robert Morris has kind of been the same situation as RIT lately, where they're not bad. Yeah, they're, they're, they haven't played poorly, but great, they, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've slowed down a little bit. Um, Niagara in that schedule is going to have to get six points against Mercyhurst. I'd say they'd have to split against RIT. You're going to probably have to split against Robert Morris. At the very least. At the very least. At the very least for both of those series. And, you, you, and then you've got your series against Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. You're assuming they're going to. And you, you, you again, you got to hope for a split. Or at least a point or two yeah, out of that like series. You, you, every single series from now on, you got to get at least two points. Unless, that, unless you're talking about that Mercyhurst. Yes, which, exactly. Where they it's, need it's those imperative. Six. That's why I like Canisius the rest of the way as far as their schedule is concerned because they do have that one point at hand against Niagara. Not to mention they have the luxury of looking forward to Mercyhurst and not having the pressure of facing them immediately. Right. So so let's just say for, for example's sake, so Holy Cross is the team that both of them are trying to catch, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So they play they play two home games versus Robert Morris. Mm-hmm. How many points do you think they're going to get that that uh, in those games? Think they're going to split it? Think Holy Cross will split with Robert Morris? 
I think so. What do you think? Holy Cross? Yeah. They Is play. It? Okay. Uh, they because they play. They play. Oh wait. Where are they yeah. playing? It's they, a home it's series. Home. For it's home. It's at Holy Cross. They play Arizona State first, and then they play Robert Morris. Twice. Twice. Um, I'm going to go and say that that's a split. It's a split. Okay, so three points. Holy Cross. So they get three points. Then they play AIC the next weekend. It's a Thursday and a Saturday. I think they get swept. You think they get swept? I think so, too. Zero points. And then the home and home, at, uh, the home, and home against Bentley. With, I feel like they get two points in that series. And they're going to get two points against Bentley? Yes. Okay. So we got... <coughs> So we got uh, five total points. Robert Morris, Robert Morris, uh, AIC, AIC, Ben, Bentley. Okay, so we're saying that Holy Cross is going to get five points over their next five games. Yeah, and that would put them that would put them at thirty-four points. Yes. Canisius is the next team. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned that they play Almost. their next is a home series against Air, Air Force. Force. They're going to split that. That's three points right there. Okay. Three. Three points. Okay. Then they're home and home, not home and home. It's a home series against AIC. I think they're going to get two points in that. They get two points. Okay. And then we're at Robert Morris. Home, home and home. Home and home. I feel like they'll also get two points in that. Okay. So that's seven points. Oh, and oh, I'm sorry. I and then you the got the then you have the Mercier series. That's what I mean. So I mean, if you if that's seri- if these go the way that I think they're gonna go as far as the styles and tendencies, you think five points for points the Mercier series. I I think all six. <laughs> I think they get all six. All right. I'm gonna say five just to be. Just in case a point goes missing somewhere in there, which is possible. Let's let's just say four for the sake of argument. Let's okay. say they win both games in an overtime. In overtime. Yeah. Easy enough. So that means that they get five, seven, nine, eleven points. That puts them at thirty six. Thirty six points. Two points ahead of Holy Cross, okay? Now we have Niagara. Home and home series against Mercyhurst should be six. So points. let's say that. So let's say or they let's, get six. Sake of argument, let's say six. Let's yes. say six. Yeah. Right. Because again, our whole argue, our, the whole <coughs> topic here is can Canisius lock up the eighth spot? Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say they get three and three against Mercyhurst. Mercyhurst. Then they play Sacred Heart. Swept. I think so. I think they get swept. Yeah. Against okay. Sacred Heart. Then they have RIT home and home. Split? Split. 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 So that's nine points right there. Right. Then they have Robert Morris for a home series. And one of one of those games is senior night. 30, so you get 30. What's the uh, – it's uh, home and home against Robert No, Morris. it's no. home. It's, it's home at home. Both games are at Niagara. It's a home series. And the Saturday game is senior night. It's Friday, Saturday. Split. Yeah, I would go with a split on that one. Okay. That would put him at 36, wouldn't it? Yes, that would tie Canisius and uh, um, Canisius and Niagara. But wouldn't we have the tiebreaker over them since we beat them this year? Or we split we sp- with them. We split with them? Yeah. 
But remember, while we're doing this, we're, we're, we're assuming that Kinesis only gets four points against Mercyhurst. Right. right, and but so we're also we're also operating in the assumption that Niagara is gonna get swept by Sacred Heart and not steal any points. Yes. We're operating on the assumption that Holy Cross is gonna not get any points in, against AIC, which I, I mean, think is realistic. But I, you know, realistic. I, I, but yeah, I'm I, not you, sure how plausible <clears throat> Niagara getting swept by Sacred Heart is. It's very possible, but yeah, uh, I, I think that's points, less, but I also don't. Th- I lesser think, likely. I think uh, Canisius not getting all six points against Mercyhurst is. Uh, That's us being as like is as likely as Niagara getting swept by <coughs> Sacred Heart. Okay. Yeah, four That's points fair. against Mercyhurst is being very conservative. Yes. But still, it's yeah. It shows I the mean, if they get five, well, right. then they you know they lose a point possibly on the weekend. <coughs> and if somebody steal, if Niagara steals yeah. one against Sacred Heart and they split against RIT, it's split against Robert Morris. Right. What's what to I'm, say they don't sweep sw- sweep RIT or Robert Morris? You know? Right. We don't know for sure what's going to happen, obviously. But what I'm gathering from it, I don't know if it's going to be Niagara, and I don't know if it's going to be Canisius. But if I had to guess today, I know that they have, sure, you've got the two points at hand, but you do have the four points. I'd still imagine because both teams had the advantage of playing Mercyhurst, Holy Cross is not going to get a home playoff series. They're going to have to go on the road whether they're number nine or number ten. So you think it's going to be other Canisius? It's going to be Canisius or Niagara. Niagara could have the advantage of getting six points immediately against Mercyhurst. Canisius could have the advantage of holding things down and then pulling away at the end of the year against Mercyhurst. But I don't think Holy Cross is going to get that number eight spot. Or, Or maintain it, rather. Fair enough. Yeah. I... I think you make a good point. I mean, it's going to be a uh, – it'll be interesting to see how these games – and we're getting to crunch time now, so it'll be interesting to see what teams can bind together and do what they need to do. We've talked about Canisius having – I mean, giving up leads late in games. Yeah, that that's a, a problem with them um, that you're hoping that they're going to resurrect. But, I mean, there is a positive in that, and that's that they have leads late in games which is something that we were very accustomed to after last year. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I also like to point out that Jacob Barshevsky has been getting most of the time. Lately. They've made him the consistent number one starter, so, and which, I feel like the reason is, is because he's a freshman. He's giving you the best chance on a night-to-night basis. Right. You're developing him. I'd imagine the way that things are going to go, you never want to speculate, but no. uh, Urbani is going to get time somewhere else. Yes. That he's not going to get he's, with Canisius. Because I think Canisius year. is looking at this right now. He has the extra year of eligibility. Yeah. He's been a starter before. He's had success. Some team is going right. to be interested. Yeah, in I would imagine. And they're going to want to bring him in. And to me, that's best for him. And it's best for Canisius because as good as he is, I think that Trevor Larch just wants to go with these young guys and let them get a chance to roll. We saw right. Matt Ladd have some success last year. We've seen Barshevsky have success this year. Right. That's a good goaltending tandem for the next three or two years after this season. Right. Because Ladd will be a junior next year. Barshevsky yes. will be, be a, a, a sophomore. sophomore. Go with that and, and let the, let have there be some continuity within the next couple of years in, in, your, in your net. Yeah. I, I so I, and I think that's a correct prediction. I remember when I interviewed him for the story that ran on Griffin, 
I asked him about his eligibility, and he said that he wasn't sure yet, but it's just in the back of his mind. But once he gets through the season, he'll take a look at it. Especially the way I think things are playing out now. When was the last time he saw? When, when was the last game he started? I'm not I mean, it was sure if it's back. official. Like, like I haven't checked. Like, when was the last time he actually started a game? But it feels like it was that game against Army at home that they lost yeah. with like four seconds left. Yeah, I mean, I that I don't remember another one. So mm-hmm. that, but that seems like the direction that things are trending in. So, um, so we so that was because um, here's the other thing: we saw Barshevsky get pulled against RIT in that awful game on. Friday, on a Friday night that yeah. they, what was it, seven to four? I think they lost. I don't remember. Well, Barshevsky hasn't been pulled many times. I think that may have been his only time. I'm not sure. But the few times we've seen goaltending changes this season, it's always been Matt Ladd that's come in. We haven't yeah. really seen Danny Danny Urbani come in relief many times right. this year. Right, he really hasn't. Just to let you guys know, Urbani's last game he was in was December 6th. It was against AIC in a 6 nothing loss. Okay, okay. So it was after the Army game. Mm-hmm. And that Army game, and that Army series you're referring to, it was 3-4 and, uh, or, yeah, 4-3 and 3-2, both losses. Right. I believe it was the 4-3 game that they got scored on with, like, four seconds left. Yeah. Which sucked. You could have used a point. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Hey, you could have used just one point out of that. Uh, yeah, a but. point would be, especially now that we're talking about it being this close <laughs> yeah. at the end. For Things eight. change. I mean, if you're only three points away from Holy Cross, I mean, I, I know yeah. it sounds crazy, but, like, the difference between three and four is actually <laughs> kind of huge in yeah. this conference. Yeah, it really is. It and really, really is. any conference, really. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's big. Yeah. The... <laughs> Because uh, and again, you look at it games three. If you're three points back, that's one game and you're that's tied. One win. They lose, you win. You're you're there. But four, that's at, that's guaranteed. You don't even need a loss be... because you got the two games at hand. So literally, all you have to do right, is just, just win, win. It, and you're you still got a game at but hand and you're tied. Four, you it ha- it's at least two games have exactly. to be involved in that. Exactly. So, uh, so la- last thing for the podcast today. Uh, quick question. I don't know if they actually do a Coach of the Year award for every conference. If there was a Coach of the Year award in the Atlantic Hockey Conference, is C.J. Mortolo for Sacred Heart the Coach of the Year? Yeah. Yes. I don't know how you can say he isn't. Because I, I, I threw some other names in there just for um, old time's sake. Eric Lang at AIC, who's done a brilliant job. Yes. Yeah. The last two seasons. Who, who would he – he was the Coach of the Year last year. Yeah. So – Mm. You know, like that's exactly like there's reason. I mean, right. reason. not only did they win the conference, not only did they win the conference regular season, yes. they won the conference tournament. Yes. Then they beat St. Cloud State <laughs> uh, in yeah. the first round. Right. Uh, Brian Riley and Wayne Wilson are two guys that have been with their programs for a while. Brian Riley, obviously, being at Army, Wayne Wilson being at RIT, both of those teams, three and four respectively, in the conference. And then you got number five, Ryan Soderquist at. Uh, Bentley the last two years have been really good for that program in the if second half of the season. The Coach of the Year award, is that coming from whole season or just regular season? I believe it's a regular season. I, I don't know. Because 
if you want to say I, this is a theoretical like reward right. anyway. So if I we're going say, off of this, I would the, say both. Theoretically, if it was both and Bentley made a run and they won it, him. But I think it really only <coughs> makes sense to give as it to of right now coach. to give it to really. CJ I mean, they've been ranked now for two weeks. Two weeks, first time they've ever been ranked. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is this is they're doing what AIC did last year. Exactly. Now, are they going to go to the tournament and win the first round? No. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? You can't say they're going to win. Who knows? They're not going to play AAC. They're not going to play. Obviously, they're not going to play AAC. They're not going to play St. Cloud State. They're not going to play St. Cloud State. So, but more than likely, here's the thing. More than likely, the team that wins this conference is going to have to go on the go to whatever location and play North Dakota. Yeah. And North Dakota is slapping teams in their own conference to have more talent than any team in this yeah. conference. And they're doing it uh, really effortlessly <laughs> yeah. because the talent on that team is unbelievable. I so, mean, you have Jordan Kawaguchi uh, could legitimately win the Hobie Baker. Uh, they've got other good players, uh, Jesper Weatherby, Gabe Bass, Jacob Bernard Docker was a first-round pick of the Senators. Another pick of the Senators in the second round from this past draft was uh, Shane Pinto. He's very good for them. They're very well balanced. They're good in net with Peter Tomey and Adam Scheel. So, I mean, North Dakota is... I mean, it's not very often nowadays that we see the number one team in the nation actually win the national title. Uh, It's kind of like basketball a little bit. But, I mean... It's very They're just as loaded as it gets. I mean, Minnesota Duluth has won the title last two years. Neither of those teams were close to being as talented as North Dakota is this year. They're loaded. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't see boating very well for whatever Atlantic hockey team has to play them, unless it's Canisius. <laughs> unless it's going to go, go very well. Yeah, uh, Call, I'm calling it right now. Mercy her. Mercyhurst makes it all the way. Wins the national title. That would be un. That would be. That insane. would be dumb. If I cancel college. If Mercyhurst wins the national title, I will drop out of college. And I will go to trade school, which will probably make me more money anyway. Probably less debt too. Yeah, less debt, more money, probably easier hours. Easier to have kids. Family probably wouldn't be as mad. I don't know why more people don't do that. <laughs> All right, so I think we're yeah. uh, pretty pretty set on what we've talked about we today. Are. We are. Yeah. We talked about pretty much everything we wanted to talk about. I'm excited to talk about the Bean Pie next week. Me BU and Boston College, uh, 4-4 in overtime. Wow. And BU, bang, to the back of the net. I'm very excited to talk about that, I'm too. excited about to talk that next week. Uh, Northeastern beat Harvard, but we'll get into that later next week. Spoilers. Okay. So uh, for, the next, for this past episode, thank you for joining us here at the Canisius College. Frozen Podcast. John Scoos is Jay Ashdown and Vinny Cristiano saying goodbye. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day and a good week. Good night, Jimmy.